Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome in. We're live at KeyBank Center. It's a home game night, and we are obviously looking forward to the Lightning and Sabres' first meeting of the year. It's not, unfortunately, on MSG, Marty. No, it's not. And let me just get something corrected. We have a, an echo in our ears, so I'm just saying. I love you so much. I'd rather hear you twice. I can hear you three times, and I would still be able to do it. But, yeah, we are not on MSG tonight. It's ESPN. So, I, But it's not ESPN+. Plus. For those who are going to say, oh, is it on ESPN+, Plus and I can't find this. No, it's actually on ESPN. So this is. Is it? Yeah, it actually is a doubleheader on the main channel. I won't be watching. Why not? Because I'll be here. Oh, okay. Well, good. I'll be 100 watching. level, baby. Oh, you're. Oh. A paying customer tonight, Duffer. I love. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, a ticketed customer. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> ticketed customer. <laughs> you always know how to strike the right balance. Yeah, a ticketed customer. So, oh, and by the way, I just want to let you guys know yes. that um, a couple of things. Yes, we will be talking to Matt Ellis in a little bit, mm. uh, assistant coach. Bang on, Matt Ellis. Uh, lineup changes we'll discuss, but first things first. As I got here to KeyBank Center this morning, Duffer opened up his little bag of treats, and he looked in there, treats. and he he friended me a friendship bracelet. Is that what you would say? Gifted me a friendship bracelet? Yeah. So I got a nice Let's Go Buffalo blue and gold friendship bracelet, and Duffer yep. does have his I got the goat head Sabres one. Yep. black and red goat head. Yes. So it's My game fault. three. It's My, game three. We waited a My couple fault. of games. This yes. was supposed to have happened on the uh, – Eve of the season opener, and I did not get to the store on time. And as soon as game one went awry, I felt shame. And then I promptly didn't go to the Sabre store <laughs> prior to game two, and they lost again. So I'm to blame for 0-2. No, 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 you're not. I'll tell you this. This is all crazy and borderline I want to say idiots we are because we believe those things matter. Own it. I'll own it. I showed up here for Sabres Live on Thursday, which was opening night. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say Saturday. I um, (laughs) I had my Ugg slippers on because it was 
like kind of cold, but I love my Ugg slippers mm-hmm. in the winter, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be comfortable today. Put the Ugg slippers on, and then we lost that night, and then when we went in studio Saturday night, I did not let anybody know that, but I'm going to just come clean. I put the nice jacket, shirt, and tie, but I had my pants and Ugg slippers on as well. I went for comfort, and we went 0-2, and, and you pointed out, like right before Saturday, you said, why are you wearing this, these things? They're 0-1. And, and then I'm like, it's not my fault. And then we went 0-2. Now, I, w- I had a choice to make this morning. Yes. Either I put those darn slippers on mm-hmm. until we win, just to prove a point, Oof. which we're not going 0-82, so I could wear them every day and prove a point, or just, you know what? No, I feel like I have an, a, a, an obligation to this team to change things, mm-hmm. so I didn't put the Ugg slippers on today. Okay, so we've done our part. Matt Ellis will do his on a 24-7 basis because he lives and breathes this stuff, as do the players, Marty. And quite frankly, it's not surprising that the Sabres are going to switch things a little bit tonight against the Lightning after going 0-2 out of the blocks. Um, Matt will talk more about, you know, kind of the inner workings of the team uh, with us coming up less specific to the actual roster. We'll focus right now on the fact that Krebs has been elevated to the Cousins line. Mm-hmm. Olofsson is out, and Jost is in, so Tyson will be between Gergensen and Oppozo. When you heard the coach, and you obviously saw it in the morning skate, but when you heard Don confirm it, what were your initial thoughts? My initial thought are two things. One, um, I do like Tyson Jost back in the lineup, bringing new energy, and you need that. Um, now, I didn't know if it was better to just put Jost on the center with Gergensen and Oposo, or maybe look uh, with Jost and Krebs to be on that line. But how do you get the Dylan Cousins line going? Because that's the primary thing right now. I think Tuck, Thompson, and Skinner, they've had some chances. They've not, you know, got their games 100% yet, but mm-hmm. it's at least trending in the right direction. I think with Dylan Cousins' line, it's not, right? And obviously, he's with J.J. Paterka, and there's the Jack Quinn hole on the right side um, that the Sabres have been trying to see what would work best there. And right now, that was Victor Olsen. I look at Victor's, you know, stats line, the first two games. Zero, zero, zero. He's got one shot against the Rangers, none against the Anders. There's not a lot of threat mm-hmm. uh, to his game. There's not a lot of jump to his game. And, and it's the way that he plays. He's very streaky and he scores goals. And scoring goals is awesome. But right now you're 0-2. You scored three goals in two games. And you need to get something else in other areas, right? So Dylan Cousin, Cousins is just doesn't look himself Mm -hmm. and maybe there's a part of his game that needs to be more meat and potatoes and so you have jj paterko who's looking good and then you're going to put peyton krebs on the on the wing as well that is more meat and potatoes like Mm -hmm. let's go to work and let's make it happen so i so i think that's the i'm not saying that's the logical move i'm sure that the coaches have talked about it a lot but when i thought tyson joe's coming into the lineup this morning first thing i thought was Victor Olsen is probably coming out. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought. You could have taken Gergensen out. You could have taken Oposo out. But my first thought was Victor Olsen's going to come out. And that's what they decided. And we'll see how that gets the Cousins line going. It's a really unfair question because you have literally witnessed thousands of line changes, line combinations as a player and yeah. teammate of those who come in and out of the lineup. But your observations are always incredibly unique and pointed. And so if we were to focus just on Cousins and what you're seeing from him right now, 
How is a player like Dylan affected, impacted positively, negatively, by a previous winger like Jack Quinn, his most recent winger in Victor Olofsson, his likely winger on the right side tonight in Peyton Krebs? Like how, because you're around, you were around guys in the room. You would see when they're struggling. You would see when a change happens and what a coach might see to make things click. How do you think Cousins is wired that it specifically, you know, is affected by the three players we mentioned? I think when you think of Dylan Cousins, you need to play with speed, right? And when he plays with speed, think of the Islanders game last year. He scores an overtime goal oh, on Ryan Miller night. On but the unbelievable pass Unbelievable pass from Dalene, yeah. but... Look at the speed that Cousins right. took through the middle. Yes. And he's like, I'm going, right? He's like, he's Stefan Diggs, like running down the middle saying, mm-hmm. I'm open, hands up, right? I'm faster than everybody else. I'm not seeing that out of Dylan right now. I'm seeing slow. I'm seeing, like, thinking too much. I'm seeing, like, okay, maybe that is a line chemistry thing. Maybe it's not. But also pull up the numbers from the Islanders game on natural stat trick, and I'm looking, okay, what were – the expected goals for, and how did players produce, right? The, the, the bottom four in offensive production in that game mm-hmm. are Zemgus Gergensen, Kyle Poso, Eric Johnson, Dylan Cousins. Mm-hmm. Like, Dylan Cousins shouldn't be bottom four right. in the, the offensive production. Mm-hmm. And so you can push aside, and he was minus two in that game. He was minus two in the Rangers game. So plus minus is a stat, but it's just to give you an idea. So mm-hmm. you can push aside the offense and say, well, maybe defensively he's strong and he's covering the other team's best players and he's doing the little things and he's killing penalties and yeah. they haven't had a chance to really get much power play. Maybe all of that. But then I look at there's not been scoring chances for Dylan Cousins right. and there's not been scoring chances for that line. J.J. Paterka scored a goal against the Rangers. It was a two-on-five. J- yeah. Power came in, shot the pocket, got blocked, and Paterka put it in the net. That's J.J. The has chance. had more bursts. For sure. And that predates into the preseason. And even thinking about it then, it was like Paterka was really noticeable, but less so Dylan. And you don't want to ever put too much stock in preseason. But when it does carry over, that's why you get a comment like what Don provided this morning on WGR, where Dylan's just not quite where we expect him to be himself in that. So these are fair observations. I think the player himself would would acknowledge that he wants to do an awful lot more. So I'm, we're always intrigued by everything because that's you know what we're all attaching ourselves to as as people that follow this team. But but that, is it but, is it so small picture that it, it is small picture? Yes. Because when you think about it, I have eighteen thousand other questions, right? Yeah. Because okay. Maybe Krebs moves to the wing. I'm like, eh, how's Krebs as a winger? Like, is there, like, enough data to support that he's going to do good on the wing? Is that going to work? He's more of a center. He's more of a, a defensive, physical-minded center. Like, how does that work with Dylan Cousins trying to get him some more offense and J.J. Yeah. Paterka more offense? Yes. And is Victor Olsen more suited in that role if Victor gets himself going? Yes. And is two games enough of a sample to say no. you're, you're out of the lineup or do you – but I get that. Okay. And I say that only because we did it last year, right? And we With, saw the rotations of two games. And, and it took a while for a lot of guys to then figure. But I get Johnson it. only had one goal in seven games. Right. But if you're a coach, you have to do it. Like, Because if, if you're not, everybody's like, do something, right? Like, well, so. then the under, another <laughs> one of the 18,000 questions I have is, okay, yeah. what about your decor? 
Yeah. Are you keeping the same D pairing? Well, Are you switching it up? Because we've seen some okay things. We've seen some decent things. We've seen some bad things. And, and we've only seen Eric Johnson for 12 minutes a night. So if you're only playing Eric Johnson 12 minutes a night and you're not happy with the overall group of six, well, that leads me to believe that you could easily make some changes because, I mean, even like Tate Thompson's only playing 16 minutes a night right yeah. now. That tells you all you need to know about where their line isn't at yet. Mm-hmm. Because that should if, be 19 if, It and should be 19 to 20, absolutely, yeah. especially when you're trying for more offense. But And you're down in games, and you're yes. like, oh, we've got to put him oh, out there. bing, 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 there's the focal point, right? Oh, From the we coaching buried staff. the lead. Well, no, but it's... There's 18,000 leads, I think, is, yes. what you're, is what you're telling me today. But Don Granado, rightfully so, even though to a certain extent, because we talk about comebacks so much, part of me thinks this is almost like an old-school stat because it was so relevant in the 90s, like you and get the first goal and you win. Yep. But the numbers still bear themselves out to be what Don is saying. Like, if we could just score first and play our way because you looked into it it can it checked out like the sabers didn't even score first half the time last year but when they did well 39 games out of 82 they scored first yeah okay they were 24th in the league in the amount of times they scored first yes there was 19 teams that scored first at least in half their games mm-hmm. the sabers weren't one of them which their amount of time they scored is a puzzling stat right yes. there yes. okay so, but in 39 games where they scored first last year, they were 29-7-3. So really, 29-10, and 10, right? The three is overtime yeah. loss yep. or shootout. 29-10. and 10. This year, the league in the first week of the season. 39 games. 39 games, 26-9-4 if you score first. So the trend is the same. Mm. You score first, you obviously give yourself a better chance to win the game. Even though... Still, every night, multiple goal leads are disappearing. Calgary had it last night. So this is why it doesn't always look obvious. But that's one of the four overtime or shootout wins that Washington was able to come back. But even last night, like Florida's up 4 nothing, And they hung on for dear life against the Devils to win 4-3. So why is it more prevalent now? I'll tell you why it's more prevalent now. Okay? Devin Levi. That's the difference. It's his first full season. He played the first game. They're down 3 nothing. He played the second game. They're down one nothing. Like, give him the lead. Mm-hmm. Let him whew, breathe a little bit. Yes. Play the game. I feel like he's still trying to put it together, which is totally normal. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I we had that conversation with the Dregs last, last week about how I was sick in the game against Chicago. Don't bring it up. But the only other game I was ever sick before the game was the first time I was the number one goaltender after we traded Dominic Ashek. Mm-hmm. It was here at the arena playing the Atlanta Thrashers. Mm-hmm. And before the game, I was, like, so nervous mm-hmm. because it was my first game as a starter, and I was sick. Well, how do you think Devin Levi feels at 21 years old? And, like, give him a lead. Let him play easily mm-hmm. into his game. Yeah. He hasn't had that in the first two games. That, no. to me, is even more significant individually than as a team because we know that teams that score first usually win 70 plus percent of the games yeah much more on the sabers lightning matchup of course and i've already divulged where i'll be tonight marty has not but we're doing a roll call right now we want to know where you are watching the game from help us light the map with blue and gold to be entered to win a signed sabers jersey visit sabers.com slash roll call to submit for your chance to win 
players play, coaches coach, and uh, we do whatever it is that we do, right, Marty? But we are thrilled to have Matt Ellis with us here, and it's our first meeting of this new season. Thank you for coming back. Uh, thanks for having me, gentlemen. It's uh, game day. Are you bang on again? Game day. Bang on, right? Bang on, Matty Ellis is on the air. Let's go. Let's get it going. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. That's a while ago, and here we are in the present, and you're up against a staunch division rival looking for your first win. How are the guys feeling? I think the guys are feeling good. I mean, we talk about keeping, you know, keeping the picture small and, and being in the moment. And for us, you know, we're, we're back home tonight. We know Tam- what, what Tampa brings to the table. And uh, I think there's a level of excitement for our guys right from day one of training camp through the first two games of the season. We've had the mentality about getting better every day. Um, nothing's perfect. And it's funny that we're able to talk about this because we were just uh, busting on each other before this about attention to detail. Marty Baron was bang on with the uh, <laughs> with the with the levels of for the audio and it's the same thing when we're when we're bringing certain things to the attention of our players of just how the the margins usually lie in the details and yeah. you know we're looking to get some things cleaned up and uh, and push this thing forward okay so um for me when i was attention to details oriented it was about stopping the puck right and making the little things in the crease whatnot scoring goals one the first game two the second game like how do you get to the three and a half goals a game and consistent scoring, scoring first, all of those things? How do you sit down with Tace Thompson and his line or Dylan Cousins and his line and say, hey, this is areas you can improve on just after two games? There's not a lot of, of data and tape yet in the season. Well, I think a lot of it's just, uh, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but if you want to score, go to the net. And it's just getting a little bit more inside presence. Uh, if you have inside presence, it's, it's, it works both ways. You, you want guys to put pucks to the net. But guys don't want to put pucks to the net if they don't if they know guys aren't going to the net. No. It's it's pretty simple. It's simple to be said. But when you're able to highlight certain things like that through video, and then once you're getting things there and you're getting players there layering back above things, and you know th- those things allow you to play on top of teams, and I think that that becomes advantageous for us because of our quickness and our speed and the range that some of our forwards have, the Thompsons, the Tucks, um, and then just even some of the smarts that you know the the guys that that read plays to get back on top, the Bensons, the Middle Stats, the Greenways, the Skinners. You start looking at stuff like that and you know you get that snowball effect of, of being on top of a team starting to wear a team out instead of wearing yourself out there was a play against the islanders and it was uh, thompson and tuck on the ice and dallin as a third guy and i think it was tate thompson went to the right side and took a bad angle shot went off the right leg of sorokin kicked right out to the slot and i remember there was nobody there right and i'm like where did tuck go where did dallin go do you guys pull those clips out and say hey drive the middle or is it just a no, like a little note on the bench, or do you leave it because they know what they're supposed to do? No, it, you know it's really important to highlight some of those consistencies because again, we're even though it's the best league in the world, and you just mentioned some of the best players in the world, sometimes the simple, you know, isn't so simple until you see it again. Yeah, and okay. those are consistent messages, uh, obviously, with our drive and, and our layering as we enter the zone and, and where pucks are going and, and what our tactics are to be on top of it. But sometimes it's really important to paint a clear picture. So that it's, you know, the guys can see it and it's like, oh, it really isn't all that complicated. You know, these are things. And it, Donnie talks about playing kind of whack-a-mole. Like you highlight one area and another area slips, so you got to cover that area. The, the easier it is to paint a clear picture, the better off you're going to be minimizing the areas I that love, you got to keep stay on top I of. I love that whack-a-mole analogy. It's like we figured out something and there's another one over here and you got to keep hitting on them and, and yeah. it never stops. So. It, it never does, and that's, you know, why you have as many of, you know, 
people on the staff, right? Like you, you all have an area and or areas of expertise. And as you can imagine, Matt, like we get this comment a lot at Sabres Live on Twitter because people see raw numbers and they rightfully so wonder how can they just be better in this area? And Marty and I tend to downplay it, but face-offs are what they are. How much time, you know, and obviously it's been a tough start through a couple of games on face-offs, and we know where the team ranked last year, but, you know, the percentages are all so close in the league. That's why Marty and I tend to downplay it. How much do you guys focus on face-offs, and how much of an area of concern is it in the sense that we really have to be better at this? Well, we certainly put, uh, you know, we, we like, as, as a staff, like the like to target the high volume areas and one being face-offs and it there is a consistency with with our centers with our approach whether it's you know getting reps uh, post-practice watching film there's always a pre-scout there's always you know afterwards review and we understand that you know that you, you want the puck and and you the more you have the puck the better off you're going to be but those are details and when you look at it from a team standpoint um a face-off is is a group of five. The centerman takes takes the hit for it. Mm-hmm. If they lose it, it's his stat. But when you start looking at the 50-50 pucks and, you know, some of the things, just the assertiveness and being assertive and, and knowing when to jump and, and working at a unit of five, those, those are things that we highlight. The centers review their individual. Yeah. But the rest of it is, you know, some team-orientated where, hey, yeah. we could have taken this 48% and turned this into a 52% by being a little bit more assertive on a tie-up on a 50-50 puck. And, you know, you start getting those things, you start having the puck more. There's also a mental part where that pushes the centerman to the plus side of, yeah. of 50%, and it's a lot easier going into the face-off circle when you have confidence. So the follow-up is then, okay, the raw numbers, as they reflect on centermen and the actual draw, are at 36% right now. But how, as coaches, are you seeing the follow-up from that draw, and how much are you actually winning the puck back? Well, again, uh, part of part of our strength of the team, Duffer, is you know our ability, our range, and our ability to jump. And I'll highlight, you know, Alex Tuck, for instance. Tuck comes off the puck so quick; it's like watching the NFL off a snap with with range. And that puck may go, and it may fall to an area, but we have range, we have stick, and and those are the type of things that that we look for. All the while, you know, commenting you know on you know what's our general what's our general plan going in mm-hmm. how are we going to get a puck back and you know unfortunately you're also teaching what what you're doing on a loss and, and trying to deny the other team's exit and understanding that how quick you're going to get pressure uh, on that puck how about the power play i mean I, i'm not saying they've had many opportunities sometimes you got to get into a rhythm and there hasn't been a lot of calls but it, there's there's two questions here one how do you get more calls? And we talk about that all the time. Uh, but two, when you get on the part, I feel like the power plays either, and this is just my opinion, um, waiting a little too long to take a shot, which allows the Rangers to block 20-some-odd shots, or it's so many moving parts that it takes time to get organized. How do you see the power play getting into a rhythm well one one i think it's reps and we've been trying to replicate that in practice we i mean for what it's worth i think they gave us credit for two power plays against the islanders but i think it was a handful of seconds maybe you know we had a guy coming out of the box so it's not an excuse but it is what it is so even our guys were a little disappointed when when we worked at it yesterday they're like we didn't get the reps in the islanders game we didn't get that feel so that's part of it and i think there's validity to your comment is just making sure that 
you know, the, give the Rangers credit. Like, they they sold out. They did what they needed to do to block. But I felt that we maybe shrunk things a little bit and brought things to the PK and kind of condensed things. And those things will work themselves out. We went back. We reviewed film. And, and it's about getting reps, getting rhythm, and, and getting the groups together and kind of highlighting things. So I'm I'm excited for, for both units as we continue to build. Um, Can we get a T-shirt made? And I'm going to give you a great idea to fix the power play. Well, not to fix it, just to get it going, right? Like, back when I was a kid, we used to love Rice Krispies, right? It was like the breakfast yeah. of cha- – well, it was Frosted Flakes of breakfast yeah. of champions, but Rice Krispies were so good, right? Because they had that snap, crackle, pop, right? Yeah. And that was like what our coach used to say for the power play. It needs to snap, crackle, pop. Snap. Like, you need yeah. to snap the puck around, shoot, pop. Like, let's go. So I think, like, Sabres power play, snap, crackle, pop should be like the T-shirt. <laughs> I like your thought. Uh, we look at it as where the PK out. And when the Rangers uh, – <laughs> Is that another cereal? I didn't get that one. <laughs> But I, I, I like it. I, you painted the picture in my, in my mind. But going back to the Rangers game, Marty, you look at that and the amount of block shots that they had. Yeah. For us, the willingness to move a puck, shoot a puck, recover a puck, reload a puck, shoot a puck, get the puck back, shoot it again. All of a sudden, Jeff Skinner goes crossbar. It's a 3-2 hockey game yeah. you know, on that power play. So even though at times it was like, man, we're a little slow to pull the trigger, we started to have a more direct mentality of bang, 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 snap, crackle, pop, to yeah, your point. Yeah, I like it. And... Next thing you know, we do break them down. We have a grade-A look that, that doesn't fall our way, and, you know, it, it ends up coming back the other way. But, you know, those are things that we're, we're going to continue to build on. There's, there's a level of excitement. Hopefully we get the, get the reps and, and we're able to get moving. Marty, thank you for that marketing lesson. Uh, as we know, uh, the best way to market is to win, and we wish you the best of luck in that tonight, Matt. Awesome thank cover. you. Thank you. Thanks, Marty. Busy week here at home. Sabres drawing the lightning tonight. The Flames on Thursday and the Islanders in black and red on Saturday. How fun is that going to be? It's going to be awesome. I hope you wear your friendship bracelet. That's uh, the I friendship bracelet is never coming off oh. unless, of course, I am clumsy. It's been my catch arm it on... hair right now. It's like catching it. Oh, though. boy. Anyway, Sabres, black and red, 15 times this year. It's their third jersey, and it returns, hopefully, with full bore offense on Saturday against the New York Islanders. Now, there was a lot to digest. Boy, is Matt Ellis such a terrible communicator. Can you imagine oh being around God. that on a regular The energy basis? is so low with him. Oh, he needs it was a so great to have him back. He's honestly he's so full of energy. And, look, we hear the topic of face-offs all the time. It's actually not Matt's expertise in the sense of the coaching staff Mm -hmm. but obviously they are all are well aware of this and when you are in small sample sizes like you are after two games yes it's fair to say that the sabers cannot live at 36 percent on face-offs but what you have to remember is even last year when they were towards the bottom they're above 46 percent right so when you go back a handful of percentage points between them and the top here's what i'll say and i'll then i'll park it for a long time since 0506, the the new NHL, there have been 17 Stanley Cup champions. Five of the 17 were above 52 percent, okay. and just barely. Okay. Eight of the 17, almost half, were below 51 percent. Which, when you get into that range, it's a coin flip. Like if you're in a coin flip for a million dollars, and it's 51 49. 
Are you still not going to feel good about your chances, even though you're on the 49 side of it? Yeah, you're going to. Of feel course, good you're going to be feeling good about it. So I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying the wide scope of the numbers. It, look, I'll tell Ca- you where Colorado it makes was the near the bottom though. of the league two years ago when they won the cup. The right. Penguins were near the bottom of the league in 17 when they won the cup. Yes. They were well below 50 percent when they won the cup in 08, 09. So I'm just saying, don't dwell on it. But are we aware of it? Yes. Do they have to be better? Yes. Are they still young? Young is getting old. Yes. But a lot of these young players are going to figure it out at some point. Yeah, but if, okay, if you talk about Peyton Krebs is at 30%, but he takes five face-offs a game, it's he won two and lost three or whatnot, maybe won one and lost four. I don't think it matters because there's other parts of the game, like jumping off the draw, getting the puck back. Yes. Like, that's important. The biggest thing to, for me is that Casey Millstat. Mm-hmm. And Tage Thompson, who are the guys that are going to be on the ice a lot to create. Yes. Casey's at 20%, Tage's at 33%. Correct. So between the two of them, they average about 27% and 26%. That, that means one out of four you win. Those are the guys you want to at least have a 50-50 close to chance of having the puck back, not a one out of four. Correct. And presumably, though, with Greenway having a more pronounced impact in games right now and Tuck being described as advertised by Matt Ellis, like even if Middlestad and Thompson are losing those draws, technically, there's a very good chance those guys are helping win it back. Yeah, but if you were at 46%, you're going to probably get the puck back 50% of the time because there's going to be a 5 to 10% chance you're going to lose it but get it back. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that. It's hard to, like, okay, I wish Dylan Cousins was on the ice more. Mm-hmm. He's struggled with his game right now. He's above 50%. Yep. But maybe you, you can't put him out there for draws right now because you you just don't like the rest of the game. So that's but, where it all balances itself out at some point. And here's why you don't fixate too much on it in a small sample size. What did we talk about at the start of the show? The Cousins line the changes that are happening, yeah. the fact that they're not creating much, even though Dylan is 51% on draws. See, this is why you can't marry yourself. What the numbers provide is context for a lot of different arguments and angles. And we love, you know, the next level of numbers, but we don't sit there and say that they're deal breakers. All we're doing is trying to put into context you know, how often a player does something compared to his peers. It doesn't mean that there's going to, it's going to directly make a pronounced impact on the I game. I don't have that stat, and, and I think I can try to find it at some point, but as how many times do you get the puck back when, when you lose it within five or ten seconds? Mm-hmm. That is where the NHL is played. Yes. If you get the puck back within, let's see, ten seconds of losing it, you're a team that always finds a way to forecheck, to play with speed off and away from the puck. If you don't, then you're on your heels and you sit back. And right now, the Sabres are on their heels and sit, sitting back a little bit. Yep. They're not getting the puck back. And no. that, that's why Tyson Joseph is coming in. That's why Victor's out. Because yeah. you've got to think of how do we get the puck back. Once we get into a rhythm of getting the puck back, then we can say, okay, let's our offense shine. Let's mm-hmm. our system come through. But right now is as simple as... Who gives you a better chance to getting the puck back? And that's where we need to build on. It's crazy when you think about the offseason focus on uh, defense and it hasn't materialized in the hard numbers, which are goals against. But they are, they have reduced their shots on goal against so mm-hmm. far. 
but they're well down in shots for, which yes. is concerning, right? Because you don't want defense to come at the sake of the offense, yes. but you're always trying to find that balance. And then you look at the Lightning. I mean, they've given up Ooh. 37 shots per game right now. They are 1-2. and two. They are scoring, and they are giving it up, up an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And that game tonight will be on ESPN and, of course, on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's the Sabres and Lightning first meeting of the year. Buffalo's 2-0-1. The last three head-to-head meetings against the Bolts. We're back after this on Sabres Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.